Thanks for tuning in to the podcast of Sanctuary Church, where our vision is that everyone would find and experience true sanctuary in Jesus. We're in a series called Just Jesus, where we're trying to get our eyes on this person of Jesus as revealed in the Gospel of Mark. But this week, we did things a little bit differently. Uh, I was prepared to give my message uh, when our third-born son had different ideas. Uh, My wife went into labor uh, pretty early that morning and didn't get to give the message. So instead, um, I recorded just a very brief um, uh, recording of my thoughts and on this passage that it passed along to our church, and I thought I'd put it on here as well. I hope this encourages you, blesses you, equips you, and uh, really we're so thankful that you would tune in. All right, here it is. Sanctuary Church, hope you are well. We are just beaming uh, with enjoying the first few days of having uh, Oliver in our family. Thank you so much for your prayers, your encouragements, your blessings, you bringing us food. Uh, We feel so loved. Um, On Sunday, I was prepared to uh, give a sermon on Mark 8 through our series on just Jesus Oliver had other ideas, so I heard you had a wonderful time, but I thought I'd just jump on here and provide a few thoughts, because we're going to be continuing through um, Mark 8 this Sunday, and just wanted to provide a few things uh, that I felt like God shared with me uh, about this passage. Uh, We're in this series that already said, just Jesus, eyes on Jesus, in a time of deconstruction and disappointment, and we're saying, what you behold, you become whether by accident or design, what you see determines who you'll be. The problem that I believe Jesus is pointing us to is that our sight is not nearly as good as we think it is. It's possible to have a front row seat to Jesus' miracles, to even participate in them and not see what he's doing. It's possible for Jesus to be right in front of you and to not understand him. It's possible for him to be speaking and you not to really hear him possible for him to be working and for you not to see it. And that church should give us great pause. And he's warning us in a couple of ways that we can meet, miss him in this chap- in Mark chapter 8, verses 1 through 21. So there's three stories here. Uh, they all build on each other. There is the feeding of the 4,000. There is a confrontation with the Pharisees. And then there's a conversation about bread. And if you think, huh, Haven't I heard those before? Yes, you have. It is deja vu all over again. If we go back to the end of Mark 6, Jesus feeds the 5,000. And then he has a confrontation with the Pharisees. And then there's a conversation about bread with the Syrophoenician woman. And in fact, the next two stories also repeat itself. And what's happening here is we're approaching the end of Mark 8, which is the climax of Act 1 of Mark where we're learning who Jesus is. And at the end of Mark, Peter's going to make a big declaration about who Jesus is. And it's the first time one of his followers or his disciples has actually understood who he is. And what Mark is doing by repeating these stories or having variations of the same stories, he's he's building the suspense and he's saying, you're not getting it, you're not seeing. Do you see who this Jesus is? But he's also having these subtle changes in the story that are supposed to speak to the progression or the direction and reveal different things. For instance, when Mark, when Jesus feeds 5,000, um, he's in Israel and we're supposed to say, oh, this is the guy, this is, who, who else has fed the Israelites in the deserted place? Oh, it's the bread from manna. He is 
He's God. He's, he's the bread of life. He is Yahweh. And then we get to the feeding the 4,000. What's different? He's not in Israel anymore. He's in the Decapolis. He's in Gentile land. And in fact, there's seven fish, or seven loaves, rather. There's seven baskets left over. The number seven is repeated three times. First, there was 12 baskets left over. Ah, uh-huh, 12, 12 tribes of Israel. Seven is the number actually for the Gentiles. When G- in the Old Testament, when, G- when uh, the Israelites went into Canaan, they had to conquer seven Israel or Gentile nations, Canaanite nations. And often it's repeated seven is the number of the Gentiles. Oh, this Jesus, he's not just bread of life for the Israelites. He's, he's the bread of life for everyone. He's not just a redeemer in the, in the vein of David or Moses. No, he is the Messiah. It's an incredible progression. And, and the key to it was the Syrophoenician woman who said, even your crumbs are good for us. And he said, yes, they are. You will be delivered. Understanding that this is the Jesus for everyone. He immediately goes to back to, into Israel and he's confronted by the Pharisees. And there's this contrast, the faith of the Gentiles versus the confrontation of the Pharisees. And this is the first way that we can miss Jesus is sign seeking. And our faith needs to go deeper and further back than the last time that Jesus has come through for us, that Jesus has answered a prayer or done a miracle. But I think even more than that, our faith needs to be rooted not, we need to be root out any cynicism that's in us. It says that the, the Pharisees weren't actually genuinely engaging with Jesus. They were trying to test him. Uh, they didn't have great motives. And I think in our culture, oh man, cynicism is in vogue. We can be nuanced. We can be intelligent if we're just cynical. We don't want to give ourselves too much to this God talk or this faith or uh, exuberance or excitement. We're just a little cynical. We're just a little reserved. But it can be so cancerous. And in fact, Jesus doesn't end up engaging with him. He leaves the region. And I think the times you see Jesus engaging was when he saw a need or when he saw faith. And these Pharisees didn't have either of that. They actually had unbelief, which is a very different spirit than genuine doubt or really wrestling through with with this genuineness or authentic unbelief is sneering a little bit. It's self-righteous. It's saying, "Ah, I know better than you. I'm going to test you, Jesus. Um, and, and actually what happens is they, Jesus leaves. He says, I'm not going to engage. And we see Jesus pour out signs and wonders when there's need. He pours it out for others or when faith is present. Actually, when people are wanting you know, for him to show a sign, like at his trial, he says, no thanks. I will respond to faith. When people actually have faith, that's when they begin to see the miracles happen. Interesting story. But we, when we cling to cynicism, it actually results in us losing intimacy with the Father. He goes away. And it should be so humbling for us. We should be so examining our own heart. Is there any cynicism? Later on, Jesus says, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod. And it's a cynicism that can spread undetected, but just a little bit can, can change the whole thing. It can't be good. We have to be careful. When we cling to cynicism, we lose our intimacy with the Father. But the secondly, when he's on the, on the water with his disciples, the disciples don't get it. When he warns them, they think he's talking about losing or leaving bread behind. And it's this humorous story. But 
but what the disciples were, the way that they missed Jesus, is they had a scarcity mindset. They were focusing on the lack of what they didn't have. And Jesus is saying, are you kidding me? <laughs> Did you just not see me turn seven loaves of bread into 4,000? It's this spirit of scarcity. They were only focused on the lack that was in front of them. And I know as a perfectionist, as an Enneagram one, I'm acutely aware of the thousand ways that I lack, that I'm not enough, or that uh, there's things in my world that are lacking, that it's not perfect. And if I'm not careful, I can get my eyes so focused on what I don't have or what my perceived lacks are that I forget we have the bread of life with us. We have the one loaf that goes into that turns into 4,000 loaves. He can provide anything that we need. And I, I forget that. So when I, when, I, when I cling to the scarcity mindset, I have a warped perspective of life. I don't actually see Jesus clearly, the one that's in the boat with me, that's right in front of me, that can change everything. I'm so focused on what I don't have. And man, that's convicting for me. And maybe it is for you too. Are there things that we're focusing on that aren't the real problem? And Jesus saying, eyes on me, eyes on me. I'm the bread of life. In a few weeks, uh, we'll see as Billy speaks on it in a couple of weeks, the disciples finally do get it. They finally see this Jesus for who he is, and it's building up to this moment. So church, let's, let's uh, learn from this. Let's make sure that uh, as Jesus is working all around us day by day, that we don't have cynicism that blocks our intimacy with the Father, and we don't have scarcity that prevents us from seeing Jesus clearly. Thanks, church. I'll see you Sunday. Have a wonderful week. Love you guys so much. Thanks. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Sanctuary Church Podcast. If we can be of any help to you, please don't hesitate to contact us at hello at sanctuarysf.com. We would love to connect. And wherever this finds you, may you experience the grace and peace of God our Father.